welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Thanks for being with us. I'm the host, Michael Bull. Today, we're exploring the exciting world of retail and retail real estate. First, we'll talk with James Cook with Excelligent and get their take on the market. Then an interesting case study uh, with a family that sold their business, which had a large land component, and then their journey over the next 45 days identifying commercial real estate to invest in all over the U.S. Then we'll talk to the always exciting Jesse Tron at ICSC about the upcoming recon event in Las Vegas. We'll look at what's new at the event and how to get the most from the conference, whether you're there or you are not attending. Well, please welcome my first guest, James Cook. He's Director of Analytics with Excelligent, and he's joining us on Skype. James, thanks for being with us. Happy to be here. Well, we appreciate it. And, you know, what drives retail and retail real estate are the consumers, right? You and me and our friends, or or maybe it's our wives, right, (laughs) who are spending more than we are. So how is consumer sentiment right now? Are they spending? Are they happy? Well, you know what? I, overall, I think uh, consumer sentiment is definitely positive right now. Um, unemployment, which uh, seems to drive consumer sentiment one way or the other, uh, clocked in at 5.5% in March. Now, granted, that's the same as it was in February, but the overall trend is clear. Jobs are becoming more plentiful. Um, if you remember, unemployment really plateaued in 2009 during the recession, and it's been doing trending down ever since. So because of that, um, consumers are, are feeling pretty good. Um, one of the things that I like to look at, CNN and ORC um, do a regular poll. And recently, 52% of Americans said that the economy was either very good or somewhat good. And that is the first time that the the distinguish the difference between um, people who saw that it was good was so much more uh, the first time since 2007. Um, one of the big reasons why they feel that way is because they're doing a lot better financially. They've got jobs. 42% of them said that they're better off financially than they were a year ago. Right. Yeah. If you don't have a job, you feel pretty bad about the economy, right? And, and employment's yeah. picking up. That's been great. And and what about gas prices? It seems, uh, you know, when I go get gas and it costs, uh, you know, dramatically less than it did, uh, you know, it seems like a year ago, uh, that kind of makes me happy as a consumer. Absolutely. Um, consumers recently have been given a bonus check. Um, the cost of energy for most consumers across the U.S. is still a lot lower than what they've been used to. I think average uh, U.S. retail gasoline prices were bouncing around, say, three and four dollars a gallon, but now um, average prices across the U.S. are around two fifty, as low as two dollars a gallon. So consumers have extra money um, to spend on things like uh, retail uh, shopping and eating out. Um, and that's definitely showing up in retail sales. Um, in March, uh, we saw almost a percent sales uh, growth over February. Um, bars and restaurants were up 7.7% um, in March over the previous year. Um, so obviously, people have more jobs um, and people have more spending money, money thanks to the lower cost of, of energy. And they're doing things like uh, treating themselves to eating out. 
Right. So bars and restaurants, so they're, they're not just drinking more then, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are all alcohol sales, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's when, the, that's when the economy is doing really bad, right? The bars are really busy. Uh, yeah. Well, it's good that retailers, uh, retail consumers are feeling good about the economy. That's what drives it. And what about the real estate people, the people in retail real estate? What is your advisory board uh, to see uh, out there happening? Yeah, so as you know, Michael, every quarter we conduct advisory boards with the top retail brokers in every market that that we're in. We also conduct surveys with them, so we really like to feel like we're on the pulse of the retail market. Right now, um, retail brokers are seeing a robust future, Um, and I use that word robust because that's the exact kind of word that they're using. So every quarter, one of the things I do is I like to ask each of them to describe the retail market, their retail markets in their own words. And then I'll do a little frequency study and see what the most popular words that they used. Robust, active, uh, optimistic, improving, stable, those were the most frequent words that we heard used by retail brokers. So we're feeling pretty good. Um, For the future, they're expecting leasing activity um, in retail to continue to tick up. Um, In our survey, 35% brokers said that retail activity has begun to tick up. I'm sorry, 48%, and that's over 35% from the previous quarter. Um, One broker, retail broker in Cincinnati told us that it's really getting difficult to find space in most markets for small and large tenants alike. Yeah, that's a good point, and we're seeing the same thing. Uh, We're representing a a large retailer and looking for large sites, uh, and uh, it's a little difficult to to find the right sites. Uh, Of course, the retailers are also a lot more concerned with the demographics, and uh, you know they don't want to wait on houses to, to be built, right? They want they like to see the the, the households there uh, now. And you know one of the things that I think concerns some uh, retailers and, and retail investors uh, are the threat of online sales. What do you see there? Yeah, I mean the real question is: Should we be afraid as as proponents of bricks and mortar retail? Should we be afraid of online sales? And I think the answer is yes and no. Um, If you look at um, the latest e-commerce statistics, market share of online sales continues to grow. Um, A year ago, it was at 5.8% of all sales were online. Uh, At the end of uh, 2014, it was 6.5%. We're not not really sure where that number is going to plateau. But it's clear that online is going to continue to eat away at bricks and mortar sales. But of course, not all bricks and mortar uh, selling is created equal. Um, stores that offer experience retail, stores that aren't selling commodity retail goods, have a lot less to fear um, from somebody like Amazon. Right. And you guys are looking at markets all over the city. Our, ra- our radio show is heard on 40 stations around the country. And you know, on iTunes, there's people listening all over the country and all over the world. Could you give us a sample, maybe a couple sample markets and cities uh, there and, and tell us what are the trends there in real estate in some of those markets? I think one state that really illustrates what we're seeing in the nation as a whole is the state of Tennessee, which we've been playing, paying close attention to. And, and the two main cities, Nashville and Memphis, are sort of illustrations of the two different kinds of markets. Um, Nashville's driven by tech, 
culture, education, healthcare, and Metro Nashville's unemployment rate is 5%. Meanwhile, in Memphis, which is still successful, they've got a successful logistics hub in FedEx, but their employment rate is significantly larger. It's 7%. And that difference between culture, healthcare, education, and tech and sort of the more working class blue collar jobs is certainly retail um, mirrored in what we're seeing in the retail real estate market so Nashville's retail vacancy rate has remained pretty flat and it's nice and low it's at 5.7 percent it's been that low for the past two quarters in fact one Nashville retail broker told us that just the supply of quality retail product greatly outstrips demand Meanwhile, in Memphis, vacancy rate for retail much higher, and it's going up. So in Memphis, uh, we tr we're tracking vacancy of shopping centers at 11.2% this quarter. That's interesting. And, and the markets that you cover, which of the markets or which city that you cover, are you seeing the, the, the most positive trends? Well, I think... Overall, um, vacancy rates in most of our markets have remained pretty flat. So they might be blipping up a few basis points here or down a few basis points there. But overall, the, the trend has been pretty positive. For example, um, Las Vegas uh, saw vacancy rates drop from 9.8% to 9.6% in the last quarter. Um, we're pretty excited about most of the retail markets that we're in. We're seeing a lot of interesting trends. For example, talking about Las Vegas, we're seeing um, some new QSR retailers come into that market. PDQ, for example, is coming up head-to-head uh, -head, uh, with Chick-fil-A. They're opening up their first locations west of the Mississippi. Um, so we're excited about that to see new things coming in, in the QSR segment. segment. That's great. Well, James Cook, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Uh, for more from Excelligent, visit their uh, website. They've got great information on the market around the country. Stay tuned. We're going to have an interesting case study of an investor investing about $11 million in 45 days. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. But today we're talking about retail real estate and have an interesting guest join us here in Studio One next. It's Peter Ventrakulis. He sold a city block in Brooklyn where his family did, where he had a, a restaurant for a long time, and they've been buying single-tenant net lease properties around the country. So, so Peter, thanks for joining us today. Thank, thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate it. And first, if you will, briefly uh, share with our listeners, you know, how long you had this restaurant and, and, and what price range of this property sold for in Brooklyn? Uh, we had the restaurant. Um, my father and his partners built it 40 years ago. Uh, at the time they rented the property was on, there was an option to buy. They exercised it back in the 80s. And we've been sitting, operating it ever since. My brother and I took over for our father who bought out his partners. We took over 20 uh, took over 20 years ago, and I've been in the business 20 years now, or was in the business 20 years now. Nice. At, at this point, I'm out of it. So. And what price range did the block sell for? Uh, it was in the low teens. Low teens. Yes. Okay. 
All right. Now tell us, you, you, you've been going in and buying single-tenant net lease properties. Wanted with all the options that for different property types, what, what led you to single-tenant net lease properties? Well, what we wanted to do was convert this asset we'd been sitting on, which had been steadily appreciating, and got to the point where its value was far beyond what um, was just, you know, you could justify having just a single restaurant, restaurant yeah. albeit a big restaurant, you know, we had 425 seats in the place. Um, we wanted to convert that into cash flow. And in, you know, after witnessing the downturn in real estate in 2008, we said, you know, let's, let's think about this. Let's come up with a strategy that's going to get us the cash flow we want, but also give us some security, some safety, and some, you know, uh, I guess you'd call it hedge against another market downturn or against something untoward happening with a tenant. So, and we also were not developers, at least not at this point in time, who knows what the future will hold. So we wanted something uh, clean and easy, minimal management responsibility that would free us up to figure out what our next phase in life would be. That makes so. sense. And the, the safety is certainly there. Um, when you look at all the reports and the, and the history of single tenant net lease properties, the default rates are just very minimal, um, and it's a good safe bet. So, so you love New York. Uh, you're in Brooklyn. You've been around New York all your life, but your properties you've been buying have been geographically all over the place, right? You bought in Kentucky. You bought in Texas. You bought in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Well, first thing we realized when we started looking um, was that. New York is geared as much towards capital appreciation as it is to cash flow. You know, the residential real estate there, uh, caps are two, three, and four percent. Commercial real estate, um, part of the problem with commercial real estate there is that at the price point we're operating, you know, if we want to buy multiple properties, you're talking about one, two, three million dollar properties. You're not going to get high quality. You're not going to get the same sort of thing that you'll get if you step outside New York. And again, there. A lot of it was capital appreciation. You know, a lot of people who came to approach us about buying the property, even you know, one one candidate even talked about land banking it, just buying it and putting something there just to cover expenses. But you know, this was going to be our cash flow. It's going to be our income stream for the foreseeable future. So we weren't ready to forego, you know, several percentage points of cap rate in order to reap uh, capital appreciation in the future. And in looking around the country, you know, we saw better cap rates in in other markets, and we also looked at demographic trends. People are moving to the South. Mm-hmm. People are moving away from New York. They're moving away from you know, high-tax, high-regulatory states, and I think uh, you see what's going on in Texas. Texas is just booming, mm-hmm. for example. So that's you know, the combination of where we see demographics going um, over the next decade, um, a particular target in terms of cash flow, and you know, just South seemed like a nice place to be. So. Well, it is. You know, we're we're now down here living in Atlanta, so you know we like the South. And and talk to us about the tenants that you chose. I mean, you went for a conservative investment with long-term lease, single tenant, uh, credit tenants. Uh, you went geographically uh, broad and throughout the South and, and in Texas, but you didn't go as conservative to get some of these drugstore store tenants that maybe have even lower cap rates and and no rent escalations. Right? What was your the of some of the tenants that you've chosen so far? Well, one thing we figured out fairly quickly in the process was that rent escalations were a really good thing to have. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, the, the big drug stores, it's like buying a bond, you know you're gonna have it forever, but you know, you're gonna take three, three, four, five percent on your money, and then in 15, 20 years, 
you know, with no rent bumps, inflation's eaten into your uh, your income. So we were willing to take a little more risk than that, you know, and, uh, but we didn't want to, you, know, you could go out and find properties that'll pay you 10%, but you know, you have high level default. It's just, we found the balancing act and it, it, big part of it was, this is the cash flow we want. How good a property, what quality tenants can we get with that cash flow? And, um, you know, having a co- either a corporate guarantee or some sort of backup um, to the tenant. You know, uh, one of our properties has a personal guarantee. Uh, a couple are corporately uh, guaranteed, um, and one is a hundred-unit franchise. So, and, and who are some of the tenants uh, in these properties you bought? Uh, we bought uh, an Arby's, mm-hmm. an Applebee's, uh, Bojangles Fried Chicken. Uh, we bought a Kaufman Tire and a Fresenius Medical Care, which is a dialysis center. Okay, great. Now you've 1031 into these properties and you've paid all cash. So do you plan to leverage these things at all? Yes. Actually, we had a little bit of leverage on the front end of our deal, which we decided to clear with other assets just to avoid having banks involved because the 1031 is hard enough. You know, mm-hmm. I started the process three months before we hit our closing date. And we still, you know, you know, just got it in under the wire. You know, we started hunting for properties. We looked at well over 100 properties, I'd say. You know, actually took us a, a second and third look at mm-hmm. before we settled on these. I think we put out at 20 LOIs. We got to accepted stage on eight of them. Uh, we dropped out of a couple that didn't work out. But um, it's it's a hard process. and. So I wanted to do it all cash mm-hmm. because that removed one level of uncertainty, especially banks. Banks are notorious for, oh, it's now the first of the month. Give us a fresh set of financials. <laughs> like, I didn't want to do that. Right. So we cleared all existing debt so we wouldn't have to have uh, you know, in place debt on the replacement properties. But you know, debt helps. Debt works. You know, there's many benefits to debt. So what we're going to do, and I'm doing it now, is talk to uh, – banks and other sources of money and buy some money uh, collateralized by these properties, either individually or as a portfolio, and buy some more properties with that money. Well, that makes sense. That's very smart. And I guess you're getting some positive leverage on some of those, right? Your cap rate's higher than your interest rate, so it really increases your returns, doesn't it? Yeah, right now, um, we're we're looking, you know, money's coming in at the high threes or low fours. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we can, you know, just doing the math with a... uh, I get a two and a quarter percentage point spread between the cap rate on the, I get on the property and the price I pay for the money. Then I'm, you know, then I'm I'm in the black. I'm getting positive cash flow. We're almost With, at the end of our segment here. Can you give a quick tip for buyers that might be in your same shoes? A quick tip: um, assume everything takes longer. <laughs> uh, push and uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And get a good team, right? You put a good team together. Oh, absolutely, and get good people working with you and uh, listen to what they have to say. (laughs) Well, good tips, and congratulations on on your family sale, and congratulations on what you've done. You've done some great things with 1031 in those properties, and I'm sure you'll enjoy owning them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on retail and retail real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. 
Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about retail and retail real estate. And just so happens, we have the Retail and Retail Real Estate event of the year coming up soon. It's Recon 15, the ICSC, International Council of Shopping Centers, big conference in Las Vegas. It uh, starts on Sunday, May 17th and runs through Wednesday, May 20th. My next guest is Jesse Tron. Jesse is Director of Communications with ICSC. We'll find out who should go and why what's new and what's hot at Recon, and we'll talk about some success for a successful conference for attendees. Please welcome Jesse Tron. Jesse, thanks for joining us via Skype today. Thanks for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Well, we sure appreciate it. And uh, Jesse, this is the event for retail real estate and also for retailers that are interested in anything real estate. Who should attend this conference and, and who does? Yeah, so absolutely. So this is the largest event of the year within the industry, within the retail real estate industry. And we have everybody that's involved in that side of the business. So from the owner developers, of course, are the predominant ones, retailers themselves, leasing specialists, marketing specialists, legal professionals, basically uh, everyone that runs the gamut there, uh, including public sector. So you have mayors and you have other people from economic development boards uh, that come out and find new retail opportunities uh, for their communities. Right. It's a it's a huge event. I, I you know I've been going for several years. I'll be there this year. I'll be conducting interviews, video interviews, uh, Monday and Tuesday, and I'll be there for the entire conference. I'm really looking forward to it. So how big is this event, Jesse? Just how many people and exhibitors, and how big is is the conference center? Yeah, so last year we had about 32,500 people come out. We're running ahead of that this year. We expect to have over 33,000, you know, maybe up to 34 if things really track well. Uh, We have over 1,000 exhibitors uh, on par again with last year. And uh, we encompass over a million square feet of show space within the Las Vegas Convention Center. So from a pure square footage standpoint, we're one of the larger shows out there. So what you're saying with a million square feet is I shouldn't wear my high heels, huh? <laughs> uh, no, wear comfortable shoes. That's one of the things we always tell people. You forget just how long of a walk it is if you're going from the South Hall all the way to the North Hall. And this year, actually, all of our educational sessions, which we'll get into, I'm sure, are all in the Westgate Hotel. So that's on the other side of the North Hall. So if you're going from a meeting in the South Hall to the Westgate Hotel, make sure you have your sneakers on because that's a long walk. <laughs> we do offer a, a golf cart service around the back too as well, so so take advantage of that. Oh yeah, that's great. And if my mom's listening, mom, I'm not trying to tell you anything, I don't really wear high heels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesse, another... Judgments, Mike. <laughs> right. Uh, Jesse, another thing that, that I found interesting and surprising, I think, the first time I went to Recon many years ago is, is just how much, how much business gets done there. Uh, what, do you, what, what is the perception? What are people doing there? I, mean, I think the perception to me is that, hey, people are networking and giving out trinkets, but business really gets done, doesn't it? Yeah, well, one, one networking is huge. So that's a very, very important component of this entire show. Mm-hmm. But we estimate that about 50% of all industry transactions, industry deals are either conceived of or consummated 
at recon, which means either the, the conversation starts at recon or it finishes at recon. And sometimes it's the one in the middle that, that carries it along. But uh, yeah, it's almost 50% of industry transactions have some connection to recon. So it is a highly, highly business-centric show. It's one of the reasons that we also say plan ahead, get on people's calendars yesterday because this is an appointment-driven show. People's calendars fill up every single hour they have a meeting. Uh, tons and tons of deals happening at Recon. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, everyone's busy and uh, everyone's doing uh, transactions. You, know, you see tenants uh, looking at site plans, picking out where they're going to go. You see documents being signed. I mean, uh, it, it's a great event to attend. And what about some of the speakers that you're going to have uh, this year? Yeah, we have a really nice lineup, I think. Uh, we're going to kick things off, uh, pond intended, with Peyton Manning. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be our opening keynote uh, session there on Sunday. Uh, and then we have a really nice lineup. We have Stefan Larson, who's uh, with Old Navy. Uh, we have uh, Michael Francis uh, with, um, with DreamWorks. You know, we have Rourke Denver, who's a former Navy SEAL. He's just going to talk a little bit about business best practices and how to uh, really, you know, be at your best under fire, things of that nature. Uh, you know, so really an exciting lineup. And then Technology Tuesday is the Tuesday of the show, and we have Eric Qualman, who's really uh, at the top in terms of uh, respected individuals in social media. So really exciting keynote lineup. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, and there are a lot of opportunities to to learn while you're at ICSC Recon 15. And when we get back, we're going to talk about some of the learning opportunities. We're going to talk about some of the entertainment. We're talking about what's new and what's popular. And finally, we're going to talk about some tips to get the most out of the conference. So stay tuned. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit Realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about ICSC Recon 15 with Jesse Tron, Director of Communications. And Jesse, one of the things that I think are maybe missed by some of the attendees are all the learning opportunities there. Tell us about some of the education available during the event. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. This year it's brand new. It's just education only on Sunday, which is a really sort of unique concept. So you know, absolutely come out, take advantage of that on Sunday. We had uh, something called Recon Academy uh, that we used to offer for an additional fee. We've taken away that fee. So now the Recon Academy courses are throughout the show as well, but those are free for anyone with a full conference badge. And those sessions lead to industry certification. So a really, really good way of getting some of those credits that you need to become industry certified. So uh, educational day on Sunday, Make sure you check out all of those sessions, including our Envision 2020, which is going to be a really uh, important session, and our keynote, Peyton Manning, check that out on Sunday. Uh, and then, you know, education throughout the show. Uh, it's really an integral part of the entire convention experience. And the education Sunday, I think that's a great idea because it seems like, uh, you know, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesdays are great days for meetings, and sometimes Sunday's a, a good day for some other things, in, in my opinion. So that education Sunday, is that uh, included in the price of admission? It, it absolutely is. Okay. For any full 
conference participant and it's non-compete. So the show floors are not open. So, you know, you don't have to worry about missing meetings out on the show floor or anything like that. Uh, come, it's professional development day is what the official name of it is, but it's education only on Sunday, non-compete. Uh, I think it's really going to be a fantastic lineup of courses uh, not to be missed. Yeah, I, I don't think that should be missed either. And I like how you're doing that. I think that's a great, great change. And, and some of the classes that you have there are fantastic, like market feasibility and analysis is one of them. Uh, omni-channel presence and personalization. I mean, the omni-channel marketing for retailers is, is really uh, crucial. And uh, driving revenue from social media is at 11 o'clock Sunday. So there's some fantastic classes uh, that uh, I'm going to try to attend and, and be there. And what about entertainment, Jesse? It's Vegas, right? <laughs> it's showtime, huh? Sure. Uh, that we, we referenced it in the last segment, but networking, hugely important component to the show. So, I mean, deals are obviously omnipresent, but so is networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and networking happens on the show floor at educational sessions, but then well into the evening at some of the cocktail receptions, at dinner, things like that. People are constantly networking and doing business during this show. Uh, our opening reception is, of course, on Sunday. It's at the win. I encourage everyone to come out, full conference participants. Again, you get in for free, so make sure you come check that out. And then uh, there are plenty of other parties throughout the week that are sponsored by by different uh, exhibitors and things like that for you to absolutely take advantage of as well. Yeah, well said. Uh, you know, it seems like it, it starts early and it's busy all day and, and, and ends late and it's all business and uh, and, and fun uh, mixed in. So, Jesse, what's real popular uh, at Recon uh, in the past and in 15? You know, what does everyone want to try to get in and, and try to do while they're there? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the deal making. That, that's mm-hmm. the most popular component. You can see that every year with the lineup, the crowd of people that swarm the entrance when we open the show floors. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, and just how busy those show floors are. So make sure that you're, again, you're taking advantage and booking your meetings early. Um, but we really think that the keynote sessions this year are gonna be popular. We really think education is gonna be popular. And then we're integrating a lot of technology into Recon this year, which, which I'm really excited about. And so we think that those components have a real chance to be popular, uh, popular as well. I'm actually hosting live streaming sessions. So we're gonna be interviewing some CEOs and different people in the technology field uh, you know, that are related to this industry. We're going to be live streaming those to our YouTube channel. They'll be available there after the show as well. But if you have some time, check those out. Um, our social media team is going to be all over the show floor, uh, canvassing everything from educational to, to networking and uh, deal making and booths. So is our uh, editorial team, SCT. So we're going to build a ton of content this year, which I think is going to be hugely, hugely popular because. People are in their booths, they're making deals, they have meetings. They don't always get to take advantage of all of the sessions, all of the keynoters, and everything else that Recon has to offer. It's a huge show, so you can't do everything, but we are going to cover it for you this year, uh, and you're going to cover it for us, which we really appreciate. You do a phenomenal job. Check out Michael's, obviously, video interviews from the show, um, but we are also going to, to make an increased effort to cover it in ways uh, live blogging, things like that that you haven't seen before. So so check that out on the Recon website, on our social media, at ICSC, our YouTube channel, uh, and make sure you're interacting with us. Use hashtag Recon15. Yeah. And as much as uh, retail is changing and transforming, you guys at ICSC have kind of changed with it, including the omni-channel, including the social media. Uh, what else is new for Recon15 this year? 
Yeah, I think uh, I love the omni-channel concept. So, so that we are going to be talking about that heavily, both in sessions uh, and also in the live streaming that I'm doing. A lot of our panelists, a lot of our guests are going to be talking about technology. So technology is new. So that's the real big push this year at Recon. We're using Beacon technology at Recon this year. It's part of our social media team's uh, progress. They're going to be placing beacons around. So one, it's going to help attendees. But two, it's going to show you just how you could take advantage of Beacon technology in your own retail spaces. So that's incredibly uh, important. So we are trying to progress from a technological standpoint. Our new chairman coming in is very interested in technology. That's Stephen Levowitz. He's uh, the chairman, and he is also the CEO of CBL. Uh, so he's very interested in technology. We're going to talk to him on the live stream. So I think that that theme is going to really run through. That's going to be what's new at Recon. It's just how to get your hands uh, and your arms around all of this technology, how to use it to, you, to the best of your ability, and uh, to really impact your properties, your retailers, and your consumers. That's fantastic. I want to hear more about the Beacon technology and about some tips and strategies to have a great successful conference. So stay tuned. We'll have more from Jesse Tron with ICSC. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Excelligen, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking retail and retail real estate with Jesse Tron with ICSC. And Jesse, before the break, you were talking about Beacon technology. Tell our listeners about it. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're doing at Recon is we're positioning beacons, which basically are devices about this small all around the convention. When you have our app, those beacons will then talk to you when you come into a certain proximity. We set that proximity. Uh, and they will deliver a message that we want to send to you. So it'll be some sort of message like, hey, check out my live stream uh, interview that's coming up in the next 10 minutes, uh, or this session is starting you know, in the next 10 minutes, something along those lines. But to get it into a retail uh, context, think about the last time you went to Starbucks. Uh, basically, with Beacon technology, Starbucks could have a beacon in their store. When you pull into the parking lot, if you have a list of preferences that you've set in the app, they could begin to make your drink before you ever actually get into the store. Then they can hand you your drink and actually through point of sale uh, technology through the beacon, actually you never need to take your phone out of your pocket. It'll just deduct right from, right from the app that you already normally would scan to pay for. So it becomes a much more seamless transaction. So that's just one application. Obviously it has far more uh, reaching effects in the retail and the physical world. Uh, but basically, it's going to enhance consumer convenience, but also customer experience and customer engagement from the part of retailers and landlords alike. So it's a really kind of exciting technology, uh, and we're going to be experimenting it with it at Recon. So make sure you download the ICSC app from the App Store, uh, and you'll also be experimenting with Beacon technology at Recon this year. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, the future of retail is here, isn't it? Now, if so, if when I go by uh, the Starbucks booth, 
and it picks up the drink I want, are they going to serve me Captain and Coke? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, and I don't know that Starbucks is going to have the beacons at the show, but, but we'll have the beacons at the show. So it'll be more ICSC-related uh, information this Good. time. but. But coming soon to probably a Starbucks near you, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Jesse, before you go, if you will, give us some some tips for attendees to get the most out of this conference. Because if you're not prepared, you don't do the right things. Uh, th- there's a lot going on, isn't there? What are some tips for attendees? Yeah, well, absolutely. My number one tip that we discussed earlier is set your appointments ahead of time. This is an appointment-driven show. So uh, it's very difficult sometimes with certain people to just walk up to a booth and get an appointment. So make sure you set your appointments ahead of time. Leave some time, however, to walk the trade show floors. So that's the Marketplace Mall and the Spree Show, which is new this year, which we didn't touch on. But Spree, specialty uh, retail. So everybody involved in that sector of the industry is now on the show floor as well. Another 100 exhibitors. Uh, So make sure you check out both Marketplace Mall and the Spree Show. And then the other uh, tips that sound almost silly but are hugely important. Drink tons of water. It's a desert. You will be dehydrated after getting off the plane. Uh, And then also chapstick, things like that. Again, you will be dehydrated. Wear comfortable shoes. Again, it's a huge show floor, a million square feet. Make sure that you do all of those things. They sound silly, but you must, must do them. And you also want to utilize the the tools, don't you? Like the the app's going to make it more convenient this year, isn't it? Oh, thank you for bringing that up because Mm -hmm. it totally slipped my mind. But in addition to the Beacon technology in the app this year, we integrated wayfinding into the app. So if you download the app and you look at the show floor, you can actually get point-to-point directions. So if you are in the South Hall and you need to find a specific booth in Marketplace Mall, it'll give you point-to-point directions and step-by-step and list it out. I mean, totally so much more convenient than in years past. All you need to do is carry your phone. The app has all of the information on the sessions. It has all of the information on point-to-point. Uh, directions and the show floor so absolutely the app is a important tool thank you and thank you for doing that that will be very helpful to me and Jesse thanks for joining us today we appreciate you joining us via Skype Michael thanks so much for having me and for more information visit icsc.org you'll see a link there to the conference until next week be sure that you always lead learn and laugh and join us for the commercial real estate show The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnex, a comprehensive and powerful suite of commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate in as little as 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit CommercialSearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.